Back whenever I was a kid and I was learning the Our Father, one of the words that always stuck out to me was the word trespasses. It was always kind of a bit of a strange word to me just because it was A, very long, and it wasn't a word we often used in our daily life. The only, in fact, the only time I really saw the word trespassing was whenever I, you know, we were out hunting and we were running into some private land and you know, we saw that you know, posted no trespassing. You know, so that's kind of what I always figured were trespasses, kind of these boundary violations that if you violate them, you'd end up getting shot because that's how we do things in Louisiana. And, and so like, that's, that's kind of was always kind of the mentality of the Our Father, is that, okay, these are, that we are not, we're called not to cause boundary violations against God, and, uh, and if we do, we ask for forgiveness, and if somebody violates our boundaries, then we, you know, we, we forgive them. But what I learned as, uh, as I learned Latin is that, they actually, that's not really the, the real translation of the Our Father. The real translation of the Our Father isn't, you know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The actual translation is forgive us our debts as we forgive those who've incurred debt against us. And I think that image, the image of debt, kind of better explains a little bit more the problem of sin and better explains a little bit more kind of how we relate to one another and how sin causes and creates debt. So what does it mean to incur a debt against somebody? What does it mean to, to cause and have debt? It, it, it's pretty simple. If somebody incurs a debt against me, it means they've taken something from me or I've given them something or whatever, and they owe me that amount of money back. So, you know, if I loan somebody $5, they're in debt to me and they owe me $5. Well, in the realm of the moral life, you don't really use, I mean, you can, moral, you know, money is affected in the moral life, but in the realm of the moral life, whenever somebody incurs a debt against you, they've done you wrong. So if somebody gossips about you, they owe you a better rep- reputation. Whenever somebody takes your time or takes your energy, they owe you back that time. They owe you back that energy. They owe you back what they ultimately took from you. Whatever that might be, anytime anybody wrongs us in any way, shape, or form, whether it's steal, or whether it's slander, whether it's lust, or whether whatever it might be, they thus owe you. And that's kind of the message of the gospel. The message of today's gospel shows us and illustrates that dynamic. The dynamic of us having incurred a debt against God, and the the dynamic of people incurring a debt against us. It's this dynamic, this economic dynamic that shows and ultimately illustrates how forgiveness works. What we can call the economy of forgiveness. How forgiveness can very much kind of be seen as money. And we have these characters in today's gospel. And these characters are the the king, the the king's servant, and the, the, the man in debt of the king's servant. So we have these three Characters and it can be likened to God, the Father, be likened to you and me, and it can be likened to our brothers. These three characters line up with our lives. That's kind of how Jesus is, is preaching. But look at what the, the 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 ledger says. Look at the economy of it all. Ultimately, what it shows is that you and I owe God. What this thing says is a large amount. Now, I don't like that translation. 
much like I don't like the translation of the Our Father. The actual Greek doesn't say large amount. The actual Greek says 10,000 talents. Now you can see why they put a large amount, because what does talents mean? We don't know what that means. A talent is a weight of gold. And 10,000 talents essentially mean one talent was a thousand denarii. One denarii was a day's wage. So essentially, if you had a talent, you are holding, you're holding a talent in your hand, you're holding about a thousand days' wages. You're holding about three years' worth of work right there in your hands. This man owed 10,000 of these things, essentially the equivalent of 2,739 years of work. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of money. And he owes that to the king. An insurmountable amount of money. But then, on the flip side, the, the, small, the much smaller amount of money, you know how much that the Greek says about that? A hundred denarii. So about three months worth of work. So you have a, a, just a phenomenal just juxtaposition. You have what we owe God, which is unfathomable. And you have what our brother owes us, which is really quite manageable. And, in, and actually, compared to what we owe God, is very, very petty. And so ultimately what Jesus does is he kind of shows us how you and I are meant to kind of have these debts forgiven. And ultimately how you and I don't have to go before the Lord on Judgment Day and have to pay 10,000 talents worth of, of gold and instead pay something a lot less. And there's two ways to do it. There's two components to this process. Component number one, ask forgiveness. One of the things, like, you know, we look at this, we look at this servant, and the, it, it, look, he's a wicked servant. Anybody that's going to go and, and strangle somebody and put them in debt and, you know, and put them in jail and all this other stuff over three months' worth of work, very easy to repay after they've been forgiven what they've done, terrible thing. But he did do something right. And that something was pretty straightforward. He went to the king. He went to the king, and he specifically asked for forgiveness. He got down and he said, be patient with me. The Greek for be patient with me is, please suffer with me. I'm very sorry about what I've done. I'm going to pay you back in full. And what happens? That softens his heart. That softens the heart of the Father. That softens, ultimately, the heart of Jesus. And what does he say? Go in peace. Go in peace. Don't worry about it. We'll do better next time. And so then what does he do? He doesn't actually go in peace and he doesn't actually do better. He actually goes in wrath and he goes in anger. And what, what does he ultimately do? He tries to collect you know, uh, just a very petty amount of money. And that can often be what we do. I mean, look at, what, look at what the first reading is. It says it very clearly. Wrath and anger, hateful things. Nobody likes wrath. Nobody likes anger. But what does the second line say? The sinner hugs them tight. Whenever somebody does us wrong, it just feels so dang good to be mad at them. It just feels so dang good to ruminate on how much they've, they've, they've how, just how evil they are, all the things they've done to us, all the time they took from us, 
all the energy they, 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 they zapped from us. They, it just feels so good to hug those sins tight. And ultimately, what does is what is Jesus show us is that actually, if you and I want to be forgiven, we have to let them go. We have to let these sins go. We have to let the grudges go. We have to let it go. And that's the, that's the message of today's gospel. And so what's the ultimate encouragement? My friends, the encouragement is if you and I are these servants, you and I are called to do two things. One, of course, is forgive our brethren. If we don't forgive our brethren of the petty things they owe us, it's really not, it's really not true forgiveness. God won't honor our request. But the other thing, too, that we need to recognize, and this is something that I don't think we really recognize, is that we owe God a lot of money. We owe God a lot. In fact, we owe God so much, we really can't pay it back. If we could, honestly, he wouldn't have sent his son to die for us. If we could pay it back, honestly, we wouldn't need to come and, 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 and pray, really, in, in the church. But we can't. We need Him to ultimately forgive us. We need Him to ultimately redeem us. We need Him to ultimately save us and pay back our debt. But the problem is we often don't realize and think that we've incurred any debt. It's not uncommon for me to run into people and say, Oh, Father, you know, I've, I've never committed a mortal sin. Really? Never committed a mortal sin. All right. Have you missed Mass on Sunday? Have you had too much to drink? Have you committed a lustful act? Have you done these things? Oh, wait. That's an insurmountable amount of money. That's a mortal sin. That's something that you and I have to go to confession for forgiveness for. That's something where you and I have to go before the Father and ask Him to ultimately say, hey, I forgive you of this debt. Ultimately, the reality is, is if you and I really want to appreciate and really want to be able to forgive other people, we have to recognize that the sins that they incur against us is chump change compared to the sins that we've incurred against the Father, compared to the sins that we've incurred against God. But the only way to do that is for us to be honest and humble and recognize that ultimately we're not perfect. We don't have it all together and that we need forgiveness. We need forgiveness to exist. We need forgiveness to be saved. And we need God the Father in His love and in His mercy to look upon us and say that you are forgiven. And the sins that you've incurred are ultimately no longer counted against you. But before we can ever get to that point, we have to first go before the Father and ask.